Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you back now, God, that you were moved by your power, that you moved by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I ask you back now, God, that we thank you for the move of Christ that is happening in this place, oh God. Oh God, we pray now that you would give us bread from heaven, that it be substance, oh God, that we may chew on it, that we may digest the word like never before. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, that you will have me behind the cross, give me accessibility to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it, it would be, what is hindering your victory? We're going to be in Joshua, the seventh chapter. We're going to be in the book of Numbers 14. Numbers 14, chapter 34. Hebrews 11 and 6. I may make reference to all of these, but the main topic is coming from Joshua, the seventh chapter. One of the things that I'm finding out, people in the body of Christ, they're walking and doing certain things in, in the body of Christ, but when they're looking for a, a victory or a conquering type of spirit, they don't have it in their walk. They know Jesus Christ, they know the Bible, they can read it, quote it, and everything else. But as far as walking into that abundant life or that victorious life, they do not have it because they don't understand what this war is really about. And they are trying to defeat an enemy naturally instead of spiritually. And in order for you to truly have victory, you're going to have to walk into a place of faith. And if you do not walk into that place of victorious faith, you're not going to be able to move in the things in the realm of the spirit because it's going to be limited because your natural ability is limited in God. And if I can, I'm just going to read you 2 Corinthians 10 chapter. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. The average Christian do not know how to pull down strongholds because they don't like controversy. But the enemy is making war and has waged war with you. But you're walking around scared. Fear is not of God. You're looking at what they are presenting to you in a natural state, but you have to see and understand what is happening on the spiritual level. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You got to understand something. This was way in heaven before you and I got it. It's a different thing about learning the Bible, but it's another thing about operating in the gifts that comes along with just the word by itself. There's 21 gifts. I'm not going to get into that today. But you got to know how to operate in the spiritual realm of God. You can read all the prayer books, you can do all of this, but if you do not set yourself aside and allow God to deal with you in your faith and where you really sit at. See, it's one thing thinking you sitting somewhere, but it's another thing where you truly sit at in God. A lot of times you need God to show you where you're really at or where your salvation is at that place. A lot of times we, just because we've been around the word, because we hear this and we can quote some scripture, you think that you have arrived. But as long as you're thinking that you have arrived and can't nobody tell you nothing, you're going to always be defeated by a person or internet from the times of ancient spirits. Because you're walking around in a self-knowledge. You're not walking around in a full knowledge of God. And you can just go if you want to. I'm just going to be in Galatians for a few minutes. Now the works of the flesh.
fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. It says selfish ambition. We're still walking around in a fleshly state. And you have not come into the place that you really know God and that you're really walking into the spiritual realm and the things of God because you don't have an understanding of what it's really about. And you need to get to a place that you understand what God is saying and what God is doing because a lot of times we do not understand God. We understand him on a social level. We understand him on somewhat of a spiritual level as far as salvation. But when it gets down to really having victory in your walk, when it really gets down to having power when it's needed at that time and moment in your life. You don't have that because you're not in the place that God wants you to be. Anytime that God is trying to release power, anytime that God is trying to release another level in your life, you're going to have to pull some stuff down out of your flesh. You're going to have to submit. You're going to have to let God take fully control because he does not take fully control. You will not have his full power because we are not giving God full control. And one of the things about it is we don't want to have to suffer. I'm going to 2 Timothy 2. It says, you therefore, verse 3. Let me go to back to 2 Timothy 2. Let me go to verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to hear this. Be strong in the grace which is in Christ Jesus. The power, the substance, the maturity, the full out walking in the things of Christ is everything is hooked up and tied up within Christ Jesus. So you're going to have to learn how to hide yourself within Christ Jesus. You'll cover yourself with all type of armor. But is it the armor of what you've been through in life? Some people cover themselves with unforgiveness. Some people cover themselves with outbursts of rage and wrath and, and thinking they're better than everybody else and, and all of these kind of stigmas and everything else. Or they hide and thinking their job gives them that layer or they fancy church or they fancy cars or their house. People think that their money, everything that they have covered themselves with, but yet they come to church and have no power. You have to deny yourself. And now this is the hour that people are not trying to deny themselves. They're trying to fulfill themselves more and more and more. And that's why the people in the body of Christ are getting weaker. But yet the people in the world are getting stronger. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with affairs of this life. That's why a lot of things you cannot play into. You cannot entangle yourself with, a, with confusion. You cannot entangle yourself with your best friend's problems. You cannot entangle yourself with your children, with your mom or with your husband or what the people in the church doing. You cannot entangle yourself up. What do you have yourself entangled in that's causing you not to have victory? The house is in the world. And you have to know how to put the Bible together. I told you the Bible is a code. You have to know how to put it together. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Do you understand who you are? 
A lot of times people don't understand. They, as long as somebody else is doing it, they can have the faith. But when it comes down for them to stand alone, and they cannot operate in it. But it comes a time that you're going to have to learn how to eat the strong meat. And I looked up the word hinder. Create difficulties for someone or something resulting in a delay or, it says right here, abstraction. A delay, a rest. It dwarfs. This is all the synonyms and the definition of hinder. Hold, block, check, constrain, restrain, slow down, setback, hold up. What is causing you to have delay in your victory? or hold up your victory, or to block your victory, or to dwarf. This is the hour that you really need to sit down in God and ask the right questions. And when you can understand, God will take you back to the drawing board. And then he will rebuild you from there. But we, want, we don't want to go back because we feel like a setback. But yet you can already operate in the spirit of a setback or delay. Some of you don't even understand about the spirit of limitation. You get to a certain place and you get snatched back down. You move out here, then it's setback right here. You always end up back where you are, but yet you don't want to sit back in God and let God deal with you. You just want to move forward, want to move forward. But isn't that what life said? No matter what happens to you, whatever comes your way, just continue to move, continue to move. But not that necessarily mean that you do that in Christ Jesus. It's good to go back to the drawing board and let God rebuild you. Let God make you over again so you be fortified, you be strengthened. That you continue to walk in a place that you've never walked before. Everybody wants the higher realm. Everybody wants the higher anointing. But nobody wants God to deal with them on a natural and a spiritual level. Because one of the things that God is going to show you is yourself. And we don't like to look at ourselves. But yet you fight in this victory. And yet you have no victory in your life. Because there's something that's there that's stopping you from flowing in the spirit. And now I'm telling you to sit back and pull yourself aside. It's okay for every soldier to stand back for time. Get pulled off the battlefield. And that God can refill you. That God can restore you. He can fix the bruises and the scars and stuff that's happening in your life. Victory. An act of defeating an enemy or an opponent. In a battle, game, or other competition. Successful outcome, triumph, success, favorable, positive result, crushing. I thought that was very interesting in the synonym. What is hindering you from your crushing the enemy's head? You don't understand what is happening in your life, but yet you don't want God to deal with you. You don't want God to set you aside and pull you away. 
And a lot of times we don't understand what God is saying. I want to go here for a minute. Go down to, um, go to Genesis 3. Proto-evangelism, that's what it's called, Genesis 3.15. It says, and I will put intimate between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He's talking about Jesus Christ. The, that's why we operate in the finished work of Jesus Christ, because it's already been done. But why is he's bruising your heel and he's crushing your heels? Because there's something wrong in our walk. It's something about walking in the spirit of truth. Where there's the spirit of truth, one of the things about it is there's always going to be victory because God always triumphs over truth. A lot of times people want to cover up, people want to manipulate or act like they have a power or a knowledge that they really don't have. Because having that knowledge and power presents a victorious life. That means that you can call down angels and that the angels will continue to work and do what it needs to be done. That the angels will clear the pathway on your time going to job or wherever it is. Or when somebody's coming against you on your job, you know how to pray and bind and God will show you. You cannot bind and curse a demon and you don't know what it is. And God will let that ride to a certain degree. But then it comes to time when you're maturing in Christ, you know how to call it out. When I was young, God let me do a whole lot of things. But when I started maturing in God, God gave me names. God gave me what it was. He gave me what it is, how to operate, and all of these different things. Because a lot of times, you need to know your opponent. You need to know what you're dealing with. Because we don't understand Jesus Christ. We don't understand the word. And a lot of times you don't understand your victory lies in you doing what God has called you to do. As long as you're doing what God is calling you to do, you're going to have the victory. You're going to have what it is. And it doesn't matter if people get you. It doesn't matter if people don't turn their back on you and walk away. They don't want them meant to be in your life at all. But a lot of times we'll hold on to the very thing that kills us and destroys our faith in Christ Jesus. Let's go to Joshua, the seventh chapter. And this is the battle at Ai. But the children of Israel commit, it says, committed a transgress regarding the accused things. For Achan, and it says, the son of Carmi and the son of Zebah died, and the son of Zorah, it says, of the tribe of Judah took of the cursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. One person in your camp can destroy you destroy you and, and don't even know that they're there. And we're going to see how God is going to deal with him. Joshua. God always deals with the head. Verse 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai is beside Beth Avon. It says on the east side of Bethel and spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. I 
want to tell you something. You can go to Genesis, if you, I mean, Numbers, uh, Numbers the 16th chapter. But when you go into Numbers, Moses sent out spies in the land, and they spied out the land for 40 days. And it cost them, when you go to Numbers, the 14th chapter, verse 34, I'm going to deal with that. This is the reason why some of you are not having victory. And this is what God spoke to me. When Moses sent spies out, because they looked at, they didn't see victory in the promised land of Canaan. So when they were following the voice of God, God told them to go out there and spy the land. Moses sent the spies out, and when the spies went over there, they did not see victory. They saw what they saw in the flesh, but they weren't in the spiritual realm. And if you don't see yourself in victorious and in this situation in the spiritual realm, you will always stay there for 40 years. And they came back with a bad report. They talked about the good, but then they talked about the giants in the land. You have to see the good in whatever God is saying, no matter how it looks. You can go to Numbers to 14, chapter, verse 34. And they were speaking against what God had said. And you're looking like that, that what they were bare men. Let me tell you something. Your faults don't mean nothing in heaven. Your realm of knowledge doesn't mean nothing in heaven. Your faith is what operates in heaven. And what God said, that's what you got to do. You cannot look about what's around you. God don't care about what's around you. He already knew what was over there. He sent them there so they can get faith to conquer the land. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for every day you shall bear your guilt one year. Some of you don't even understand what's going on. Why you keep going through this vicious cycle year to year? You have to pull yourself aside now to see why you don't have victory. You cannot go on no further. Because it's, it's good when you do it, but when God pulls you aside, it is not good. There's a price to be paid behind things. Let's move on. Joshua, the seventh chapter. Verse 3, Joshua 73. It says, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not worry. It says all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. There's more for us than against us. That's the word. But you let one person or a few people tear you down. And you don't have no power. The Bible says one can taste a thousand, two can taste ten thousand. Where's your latter-day power that you would need now? Because now at 
this level in your life, you should be having victory on top of victory on top of victory. But you don't. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people. It says, but they fell before the men of Ai. It says, and the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they, it says, crushed them from before the gate as far as, it says, Shebron. It says, it says and struck them down on the, it says, on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and because became like water. It says, verse 6, it says, Then Joshua, it says, tore his clothes and fell to the earth and on his face before the ark of the, uh, says, ark of the Lord until evening, both he and the elders of the Israel, and they put dust on their foreheads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over? It says the Jordan and all to deliver us unto the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. He said we were happy there. God, you done did all of this to forsaken us. You see, he's talking. He's so at a disarray. I know I heard the voice. Why did I not have victory? Sometimes God don't show you everything until after the defeat. So you can go back and look. Let's go down to verse 8. Oh Lord, what shall I do when Israel turns its back? Before the, its enemies. For the, it says the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and surrender us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. I'm going to tell you something. I've been in this church. And I can tell just as good when sin is in the midst. Because the anointing is not for And the first thing I do, I make everybody come up here and what? Repent. What you do on the outside does matter. One person can curse a whole service. Because of the filth and abomination. And I'm gonna, we're going to get into this about Achan. Achan already knew what he'd done wrong. So God is saying they know what they're doing wrong and they came in your presence. They came in my presence. Why a sinner can come in and get saved and the power of God move. A new convert can come into God and do things wrong and they know it's wrong and God will still do it. But you got to understand something. Achan knew the word. He was an, uh, um, a mature Christian. Because I don't care how mature you are, you can still let sin abound. But there's a higher price to pay. Be 
careful what you're doing that you know is wrong. It will cause you not to have victorious. Live that abundant life in your life. Do not let nobody spoil the things that God has given you. A person with filthy hands can destroy and everything that you're doing. They can curse everything that you're doing because their hands is not clean. That's why you do not let nobody with filthy hands lay hands on you. It will curse you. Let's go on. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. It says, for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both, and have both, it says, stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Listen to what he's saying. You got to be careful what people bring in your house. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but turned their, it says, backs before their enemies because they have become dumb to destruction. Neither will I, I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed things from among, among you. God says, I'm going to turn my back from you unless you get rid of it. That means you got to deal with it. And one of the things about it is you don't want to deal with difficult things. You don't want to deal with things that's going to make you appear bad. But you don't like to worry about you looking bad. You need to worry about the blessing of the Lord residing with you. But we let fear. We let what people think overshadow. And you'll put up with the accursed thing. and say sanctify yourself for tomorrow because thus says the Lord God of Israel there is an accused thing in your midst O Israel you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you he's letting the people know when it's your house and your thing that you can control, or just like me, it's my house and it's the church, I have to control it. It does not matter what people say. People don't even like me, but I stand, and that's why the power of God is for sure in here. And people get set free and delivered. Because I make a stand, and I have to stand when it's not even good. But it's not about your feelings, God said. It's about what I said. In the morning, therefore you shall be, it says, brought according to the tribes. What I'm saying is God spoke to him, Joshua is moving expediently. He's not delaying. But you will delay, delay, delay. And every time another day costs you double than what it did. It's no difference than when they charge you interest. That's why it's called compound interest. Hello? Be late on something. But you obey the laws of this land. But you won't obey the Bible. And then you say, oh God, why are you so bad to me? But God says, I found, you found me in the word. I told you. 
I made myself plain and clear. And God will let you know when it's a cursed thing. Or even let you know when you've done something that is not according to his word. He may let you slide 25,000 times. But this time, he said, I'm not going to let you go. Achan was mature. Achan wasn't a small person. And you're going to find out he was the head of his house. Let's go down. Verse 14. And it shall be that the tribes which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by household, and the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who, who is taken with the cursed thing shall be burned, it says burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. It says, and the tribes of Judah was taken. And he brought, it says, the clan of Judah. And he took the family of, it says, Zerites. And he brought the family of Zerites, man by man, and Zebdah was taken. Then he brought his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdah, the son of Zariah, of the tribes of Judah, was taken. So Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord. Confession does what? Brings glory to the Lord. You just read it. Of Israel. And make confessions to him. And tell him now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. It says, when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylon, it says, garment, 200 shackles of silver and a wedge of gold weighed, weighing 50 shackles, I, says right here, I coveted them and took them. And there are and there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. You understand what he's saying. I hid it in the earth, in my house. Ain't nothing hidden from God. You can hide it in the ground. You can hide it in a safe. You can hide it in your car. You can hide it in your job. No eyes will escape what you've done. God sees on a deeper level than you will ever imagine. Why would he not see through metal? Why would he not see through the very thing that he created? 
place for God. He sees all things. And there's nothing hid from his sight. But we think and we hide. You ain't hiding nothing. You just suffering. My mama used to say it's, a, it's hard keeping a lie going. Because you got to remember that lie, that lie, that lie, or who you told the lie to. That's why you would have no victory. As long as you hide your sins and your discretions, as long as you hide your gold and your silver from the unclean things in your house, in your heart, in your mind. And then you covenant in them. I'm going to tell you something. Anything that you take from somebody else, you will never have peace with it. I don't care what it is. You will never have peace with it. Verse 22. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in the tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the children of Israel and laid them out before the people. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah. It says the silver, the garments, the wedge of, of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkey, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the, it says Valley of Achan. And today it's called that today. I want to show you something. And you see, you're talking about generational curse or whatever and all of this kind of stuff, and that's fine. But what you do affects everything in your house and the people around you. And you need to understand that. And when God pronounces your house filthy, that's everything in it. God never allowed any of that to survive. And even when God starts dealing with you about getting rid of stuff, he tells you to get rid of everything that's associated with it. But no, you want to pick through the china and the silver that you had. Oh no, you in love with it. Sometimes in order for you to have a fresh beginning, you got to get rid of everything. You got to start out fresh, but you're so worried about how you're going to start all over again. Because one thing about it is God said, I'm going to get rid of the memory. I'm going to get rid of everything. Because this one thing, if I don't allow, it will poison everybody else in this, in this group. And that's anything that God does. He always gets rid of everything. And it's the same thing when he told Solomon, get rid of everything. But no, he wants to do this. And then the prophet had to come in and clean up the jar. And you don't want the prophet to come in and clean the jar. Because then that way it's going to really be worse. But a lot of times we don't want God to do it. We want to be hiding in the back. We don't want nobody to do anything. Nobody to tell you nothing. But it comes a day of reckoning when God has to deal with you. That's why you need to come willingly. That's why nothing is working out. That's why the, nothing is prospering in your life. Because you allow this cursed thing to sit there. You're picking and choosing what you want to give to God. You don't even have that right. God shed his blood on Jesus Christ for your sins. But yet you say you love him. 
but you're not trying to surrender and give up anything. But yet you want the power, you want the anointing, you want the blessing, you want the inheritance that you can't have rightfully. Because you're not willing to surrender. I surrender all. To him I owe my all. To You sing those songs, but is it really in your heart? That's why you got to set yourself aside and see what God is truly saying to you about where you really sit at. It's one thing in your mind. It's another thing spiritually. Why you sit at in God? Why are you still struggling? Why is everything is a pull? And why is it that your children are out of line? Why is it that your husband don't like you? Why is it that your wife don't like you? Why is it that you're going through all the time? Everything is going through. Everything is a struggle. Nothing is easy. And you want to know why you're serving God, but you're going to look at God and blame him, the cat, the dog, and the rat, but you never look at yourself. It comes a time in your walk. Yes, you're fighting the enemy, but you're fighting him in a different way. You're fighting him in a different level in Christ. And therefore, it's easy. You know what it's about. And therefore, you're not struggling with it because you know what it is. And you can just speak the word. Because you're speaking of a power, of a confidence, of going through that. You know, if God brought me through this, he'll bring me through anything that I have faced in my life. He will bring me through it because my faith is not in people. It's not in my emotions. It's not in my mind. It's not in my children. It's not in my job. It is in Jesus Christ and him alone. What is hindering your victory? Look at what is happening. God is getting rid of everything. This is the hour that people, if they're not sacrificing what God is saying, they're going to go down. Because God is not tolerating a whole lot of stuff like he used to. Why do you think he allows so many pastors and, and different things, people in the world to die out? And I'm not saying that all of them was bad and wicked. I wanted you to know, and, and a lot of them had health problems, but guess what? God then spoke to them, told them 12,000 times to get better healthy, to get better healthy, stop eating the pork, stop eating this, stop eating all of this stuff, and yet the people that died, died of poor health because they already had something in it. It has to be something in you for the enemy to bring you down. Achan had this on the inside. Achan didn't sit aside and let God deal with him. He just continued to go on and act like it. And every time he got out of that tent, he was faking it. In Aaron's face, in all the elders' face, and the people, and he knew what he had inside of his house. But that's what you do. Let's take it on another level. I bet you he didn't let nobody righteous in the house because they would see it. But if somebody that's on his level wicked, he ain't going to have no problem with it. But see, that's what you tolerate because in order for you to tolerate wickedness, there's got to be something wicked in you. But speaking the truth requires another level and a confidence in God and a clean living in your life. When people start going down, when people start getting off, they hang around crooked people, Trinity. Because they know a crooked person ain't going to say nothing because they all in it together. But a righteous person, they don't want near them. Let's go on down. Verse 25. 
And it says, and Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones. And they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with stones. Isn't that what God said earlier? He already gave the instructions. And Joshua, in order to keep that power and that anointing and that leadership and headship that God had given him, he had to do what God said. He could not be worried about emotion. He could not be worried about people talking about him in the camp. He had to obey. It's better than sacrifice. And that's what the prophet told Samuel, Solomon. But we rather sacrifice. And it costs you. And you know why? You were sacrificed. I looked up the word faith. It says, having and walking this life with a like of faith will cost you. I looked up the definition of faith. It says this, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Strong belief in God or in the doctrine of religion. A system of religious belief. A strongly, it says, whole belief or theory. And this is another thing. It says, based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Look it up. It's in Wikipedia. Aiken lost faith somewhere. When you lose faith, you have nothing. You're subject to the enemy. He lost sight of God. Because without faith, it's impossible to believe. To trust. To stand. Hebrews 11 and 6. Let me read you the NIV version. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he will reward those who earnestly seek him. You read that, but yet you don't even pray about your faith factor. It's up and down. It's wishy-washy. And God is saying, I brought you through this. I brought you through this. All of this stuff. And then you're still in this place that you doubt me. Where do you truly sit at? In God. I'm not doubting your salvation. I'm not saying that you're not going to make it in heaven. But why would you make this life hard? That when it has to be, he came to the earth that we may have victory. That's why we operate in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Everything that you would experience, he has already experienced it. But you do everything not to make excuses why you can't do this. But everything in God is so hard and it's so difficult. You're, you, you've already made your faith, your life of faith. And then you want to know why God is not answering. How can he answer you? God said, I can do this and that, but yet you still don't. So he takes us around the wilderness for 40 days and 40 years.
but you still will complain. You will still walk around. And all these things that's gonna, that happens to you in your life, and you're still struggling. And God is providing the whole step of the way that showed you, that brought you through. I should have lost my mind 1,200 times needing a storm, but he kept me. It comes a time you got to stand on what you don't know, but believe what you say in your mouth. Man born of a woman is for a few days and full of trouble. But God said, I came that you may have life and may have it more abundantly. That you can walk in your inheritance. And all you got to do is serve me. Do what I ask you to do. Believe me. Through the bad, through the trials, through the tribulations. I won't forsake you. I won't even leave you. I won't even turn my back on you. When the one that said that they love you the most. He said, I'll never leave you. There's a place in God. Because you're so fearful. People that's fearful, they run all the time. They're not stable people. Because there's nothing grounding them. What grounds the believer is faith. So they always running. Seeking faith in somebody else. That's human. Or trying to lean on somebody else's faith. So when that person and that thing that they're leaning on for faith and support falls, they fall because they was leaning on something that was natural. But God's faith. It can take the strongest of the strongest winds. It can take it. Hills and mountains and valleys. He can take it. 12,000 cars can climb on it. He could still take it. The tallest of the tallest buildings. He could still take it. But how are you? Are you going to continue to let life stone you to death? Are you going to let people throw stones on you? How long are you going to let them condemn you? How long are you going to let the enemy speak to your mind of the condemnation? Back and forth. You did this. You did this. Did Rise up! But Achan didn't have the blood of Jesus like you and I do. They had the law, and it was harsh. But was it fitting for that time? Yes. Joshua 7 and 26. Then they raised, raised over him with a great heap of stone. Still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the, what is right here, the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achan to this day. What is hindering your victory? I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name. Amen.